Hey, welcome back, everybody. Time once again for another episode of WVU Marketing Communications Today. Brought to you by the good folks at West Virginia University's Marketing Communications Online Graduate Program. Join us as we explore unique MarCom strategies that will help you inform, persuade, and inspire your audiences today here with the man who does that every week as a matter of common course here. It's our host, Michael Lynch. Hey. Doing very well today. How are things with you? I'm good. I'm ready to be persuaded and inspired today here. I, I want to appeal to the better angels in myself here. To All this negative news going on, I'm hoping you're going to share how we can all transform today. Maybe the fire will transform us somehow here. Well, I think we're really on to a great subject today. It talks about how marketing has evolved over the years and where we are now, particularly in some of the crisis situations we appear to have today. Very pleased to have Justin Gray, the founder and CEO of Lead MD, with me today. And Justin, I am going to tee up a very large golf ball here for you to start off with. You know, one of my favorite quotes comes from Henry Ford, who said that if you want a Model T, you can have any color you like as long as that color is black. As time moved on, we became more and more customer focused, more buyer centric. And we had things like customer relationship management, CXM or CEM, customer experience management. And we have this kind of ebb and flow of companies that are looking at things from their point of view versus companies that look for things from the customer point of view. I know LeadMD has this wonderful philosophy of we before me, but looking at the market conditions today, looking at everything that's going on and the current events that we have going on, um, what are some of the keys to success and failure for businesses today? We before me, which is, is absolutely critical in business, as you mentioned. And when you look at a quote like that, that Henry Ford quote, like that perspective and that attitude works really great when you're the only car manufacturer, which of course they were at that time. And although I subscribe to the philosophy of black cars are our best because I've got four of them, that's not everyone's philosophy. And certainly the modern buyer, we've heard so much about the buyer has changed, the buying process has changed. That's really a result of the wealth and just the you know, abundance of solutions that are on the market these days, as well as the accessibility of information. So when you combine those two items together, the power has, has certainly shifted from the seller to where even 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we were, you essentially had to go speak to someone in order to get information like pricing and product details and benefits and things of that nature. Those were behind a gate. But today it's expected that not only are those in front of that gate, but you're going to be able to present a comprehensive value statement. You're going to clearly explain how that solution is going to benefit that buyer. And probably most importantly, other people are going to be much more powerful at doing that than you are. Advocacy and referral network and just trusted sources of information have shifted from that salesman perspective that was so predominant in the past to really those individuals, if they're involved at all, are facilitators of education. And so, you know, all of those market changes have led to that power being placed firmly with the buyer and successful organizations either respond to that or or they don't. And that's the free market economy. That's, That's where we see businesses fail. Who are some of the success stories and who are some of companies that you might see are not doing particularly well, particularly under the the current events, the atmosphere that we're living under today? 
as a generalization, any organization that is not agilely responding to market conditions, current events, buyer sentiment is positioned for failure. And so you see a lot of your certainly software organizations that were already involved in a business equation that didn't make a ton of sense. Investing $8 to get a dollar in return eight years in advance is an equation that, that requires growth. If that growth is disrupted or, or that current go-to-market strategy is disrupted through things like we're seeing today with COVID as well as the amount of social unrest that's out there. And, and really, like these are just really big amplified topics, but change happens on a daily basis. And I think for the last 10, 15 years, we haven't had a massive amount of change. The financial market of 08 was really the last time that we saw this come around, but frankly, it was somewhat contained to certain market sectors. So we haven't seen these big, overwhelming changes that are impacting everyone in a while. And so a lot of these organizations that have been on autopilot or they've developed this kind of demand gen equation that says if we do these activities, buyers are naturally going to respond to it because people are constantly looking for new ways to innovate, new solutions and so on. And and they're curious and they're going to send money on this. And there's this whole cost per lead equation out there that they can tap into. Suddenly, when you see a change like this, those opportunistic buys, those curious buys, that you know, folks that are willing to spend their time learning, maybe exploring different solutions, like that all comes back to center and says, if this is not mission critical to what I have to do to keep the lights on, keep my employees gainfully employed, and keep my business afloat, I'm not spending time on it. And so, again, that's where we're at right now. And so the organizations that don't have a good line of sight into what, how their buyers being affected, what their challenges are, how they can solve those challenges, and how they are a mission-critical solution, that's where you're seeing organizations failing. We saw that in a lot of market sectors, right? And equally, we've seen some of those same sectors pivot. So I'll take an example in a software provider called Toast. They provide point-of-sale software for retail. That, certainly with quarantine, is an area where things ground to a halt. So a large segment of their business hit the pause button. They, in particular, and I I like to use them as as an example because I think it's a good illustration of agile businesses that have a finger on the pulse of what's going on with their clients. They pivoted, or they had a piece of software already, but they pivoted into a much larger purview. This is on takeout. The focus is on delivery. And so they brought that to the forefront. They offered that for free or with some really aggressive billing terms to ensure that they were meeting the financial needs of those organizations and at the same time meeting a fundamental business need that they had to go out and solve for. Because if you weren't really focused on takeout and delivery in the past, you've got a lot of uh, learning curve, you've got logistics, you've got efficiencies that you suddenly have to get up and running. And so it's that type of insight, but probably most important or as important is the ability to agilely implement that change. And so those are the businesses that that you see that are certainly surviving and in many cases thriving. Now, it's really interesting you mentioned takeout and delivery. Do you believe that there are generational or possibly demographic effects on how people have really either become very familiar with takeout and delivery during this uh, COVID-19 crisis, or is it just kind of everybody reacting the same way? And how do we affect that? How do we work with that? I mean, the answer there is probably an answer I would give for a lot of those types of questions, which is, no, everyone's different. 
even if you are seeing, yeah, some segments naturally are not as proficient or comfortable with, I really should say, technology or takeout and delivery type model and so on. So, but that doesn't mean that, that they can't embrace that model in motion. So it really is about knowing what are the market segments that you serve, what are the buyers that you serve within those segments, what are their pains, what are their concerns, and meeting each one of those with just a hyper-personalized message. So I don't think it's that certain probably bracketed age ranges are less apt to embrace something like takeout and delivery. I think there's a larger education curve when some of those bracketed areas kind of bookended on the, um, the demographic span of, of age. How do we overcome those challenges? How do we make them more comfortable? How do we get them to embrace that model? That's a life-saving motion for a lot of these smaller family-run businesses that either embrace that model or they go out of business. Knowing that buyer and knowing how you're going to message and communicate and form relationships with those different types of buyer personas is so critical. Excellent. Now, I, I know that you recently conducted a research report centering on B2B buyers and how they're reacting during these times. What did you find? The biggest takeaway from that, what is a large part of the narrative out there, which is no one's buying, everyone is in survival mode, they're hunkered down, and they don't know when they're going to come up for air. Actually, 53% of our respondents there, which are all decision makers, influencers within the B2B specific buying cycle, because that's probably the largest market segment that we serve and, and have access to, are absolutely purchasing. The interesting dynamic there is those purchases are different focuses than they were prior to COVID. If you kind of extrapolate that, these market events not only have an impact on how people are behaving, but the focus areas that they have as well. And, and obviously that makes total sense, but we oftentimes don't see businesses doing the, the really obvious thing, which is get out there and talk to these individuals, which is what we're trying to promote with this research study. And, and we've got this bundled up and there's a lot of great insights within it, but you have to tap into not only how's the behavior change, but what is their focus now? And again, a lot of that focus is on what is mission critical? What's gonna be able to have a big influence on my success in the very near term. And everything else is noise that, frankly, folks don't have time for right now. So they're absolutely looking to, the majority of folks are still buying. They're buying different things than they were prior to COVID. And they are absolutely looking to leverage every piece of technology, every service, every product, whatever it may be, to the nth degree, to the utmost potential. It's no longer okay to have technology bloat where it's like, oh, or you know, two people on my team use that and the rest of them don't even know it exists. All those solutions got cut. There's a lot of learnings there as well, just in terms of customer relationships and, and how curated a relationship has to be with a customer. The, the way that historically B2B goes to market and sells is just so back-assward that situations like this really call attention to how crazy it is to sell someone and completely disengage from them at that point. Maybe we put them over to this customer success motion that onboards them, and then we check in on them, what, quarterly, biannually, once a year when renewal comes up. Those are, again, the solutions that are getting cut right now because they didn't pay attention to how the buyer was using their tool, how their customer was depending upon their solution. And oftentimes the promises that they made in those early sales cycles was not fulfilled. And so that becomes a really easy decision when money 
becomes tight, every single dollar counts as it should. We saw a lot of organizations experiencing incredible attrition in late February, March, April, because people are trimming the fat and it's no longer, I think we can optimize the budget. It's, I need that to pay my employee. So that's a pretty critical decision at that point. And if you're going to be a solution provider, a vendor, if you're in charge of augmenting these folks' business with your solution and you're not fulfilling on the promise of being mission critical, it's just such a great reminder that people vote with their wallet. And unfortunately, you can't repair that relationship over a phone call at that point. You, you've lost the customer. Excellent, Justin. Thank you so much. This is really great information. I can't wait to pick it back up again right after the break. We want to remind you that WVU's Integrate Conference has moved online, like so many things this year. Marketing communications experts from a variety of industries are exploring how and what to say during this unprecedented global pandemic and all the other craziness going on these days. You can view the schedule and tune into the live virtual sessions at integrate.wvu.edu. Don't miss it. Don't write it off for this year. It's still coming. It's still here. And you can still enjoy it. WVU's special Integrate Conference online this year. And did you know that West Virginia University's new digital marketing communications master's degree program, it's fully online and can be completed in just one year. With built-in certifications from platforms like Google and Facebook, the program gives you both the strategy and skills to reach audiences on existing and emerging media like this. You can learn more about that program at Marketing Communications, all one word, marketingcommunications.wvu.edu. All right, back to our conversation with Michael here. And I just have one quick question for your guest here. It's a, it's a rarity to talk to somebody with his, uh, his level of skill in leads. Has lead gathering changed during this crisis? Are we still just trying to do anything we can to get their leads so we can pester them? Or do we have to pull back a little bit during these difficult times? Really common question, right? And in fact, that's part of the, the survey responses that we got as well. Is marketing appropriate? within these current times? Is, is it something that buyers are going to respond to? And absolutely, like the largest segment, I think it's somewhere in the 55, 60% range, 55% range, absolutely believe that business has to go on with the caveat that you absolutely cannot spam people and just continually bombard people with, with requests for a meeting or a call and so on. Like you have to move value right to the beginning of, of that interaction. You have to be helpful. You have to understand, again, what, what, what are they struggling with? What are the big pain points within their business? And solve those even on that first call. And that's something that should have been happening the entire time. Instead, you, you get these lazy motions because of technology. You're able to mass message different buyers, and a certain amount of those are going to precipitate out and raise a hand. And therefore, we call it justified. When something like this happens, again, that motion goes away. We have to prove to someone right up front that we're a different type of provider. We're in this to serve them. We're dedicated to forming a relationship. And finally, we're absolutely committed to driving the results that we say we can drive for their business. And that's the only benchmark that matters. Yeah, I remember very specifically being a director of marketing and getting phone calls from vendors. And after a while, 
I would just give them back the question of why did you contact me specifically? What is it about your product that you specifically took my organization into consideration and why do you think your product uh, can fulfill my needs? And far too often, I could not get a good answer. It was, I saw your name on LinkedIn. I saw you were a director of the company. So I thought you were the person to contact. And then when I would ask them, well, how is your product going to help me? Or what do you know about my company? Very often, I got too much uh, dead air on that. Uh, But Justin, I got another question here for you. What are some indications that some organizations are not buyer-centric? I think the biggest indication, and, and this is the first motion that everyone tried to do, I think there's certainly a much smaller subset that was successful at doing this, was understanding immediately what's the state of our relationship with that customer or that client? Do we fully understand what their goal was for this year prior to these big global changes? Do we understand probably how this is going to impact them? Do we understand who we should be talking to over there, like what's going on in their life? Just the detail and that fresh, reliable customer relationship so that when you reach out, you're not viewed as a vendor. You're not viewed as one of those folks that's calling them, asking for some obscure meeting with with no reasoning behind it. They pick up the phone and they say, oh, hey, Justin, I was thinking about calling you anyway. Like, what what are you guys seeing out there? How can you help us through this? Like, that's the conversation that should have been able to take place. And all too often, folks were starting from scratch. Like, I don't know, pull me a report of all, all of our current clients, let's sort it by spend, and let's try to get a meeting with these guys. Like, that, that's incredibly unsuccessful when people are dealing with the level of priority and the level of criticality that's happening right now. So that relationship, uh, maturity, and just understanding that, like, hey, I know my buyer and they know me, um, that's the first motion that everyone tried to go through. And only your organizations that had invested in this 10 years ago, five years ago, are the ones that were able to actually have those successful conversations. And again, the, the ratio there is really abysmal. You're an expert in this area, so I really need you to pull out your crystal ball for me. Can you do that for me? <laughs> sure okay, thing. good. Because this has been a messed up year. There is no yeah. way that we can say that this has not just been a different year than many of us have experienced in our lifetime. Look into that crystal ball for me and tell me, what does 2020 and beyond look like, and exactly what does LeadMD do to help people be successful in that environment? Well, first I will just say that I firmly believe that the brand that organizations are building right now is going to be the brand that they have for the next three to five years. Act accordingly. At the center of all of that is the ability to form key relationships with clients so that that client is more than a name on a report and and a number on on a balance sheet. Yet organizations have to restructure their entire go-to-market strategy with the centerpiece of providing buyer value. Number one, understanding that within those early motions. What is it that you have to go accomplish? And then understanding what role our product, solution, service, whatever it may be, is going to play within that success. And then steward that through the entire customer relationship. And everything has to be created around that North Star, whether it's what's the organizational plan that we need to put in place, what types of people do we need, how are we going to structure our sales motion, our customer success motion to keep them engaged, how are we going to continue to provide value, whether that's through consulting, whether that's through content, whether that's through technology optimization, whatever the lever may be, 
we have to stay focused on knowing what our customers fundamentally have to accomplish and then rating our performance against that benchmark. Everything that an organization does has to be about uncovering that, making it known internally across their organization and ensuring that we're judging the strength of our customer relationship on our ability to fill on that original. How we promote that is, is ensuring that we're bringing that insight, right? Either we, we can start by engaging with buyers and conducting market research and, and just ensuring that they have the right types of information gathering, the right types of optics that they're capturing within systems that they can then leverage to message either through a marketing channel, a sales channel, customer success channel, really allowing our clients to structure their entire business process around the buyer's journey and, again, the fulfillment on that promise. Justin, I really want to thank you. Again, this is Justin Gray. He is the founder and CEO of LeadMD, and I really appreciate you being with me today, and good luck in everything in the future, and hopefully the next few weeks will calm down for us and the rest of the world. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, just in short, I think the world has changed. And again, it's our job to respond to that. Coming back to a sense of normalcy, like in many ways, this is that quote unquote new normal. But the buyer being at the center of that, it has not changed. This is just renewed. I think a lot of organizations focus on that. Great. Thank you. And have a wonderful week and everybody be safe and be well out there. Thank you. You've been listening to another example of WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that explores unique Marcom strategies that will help you inform, persuade, and inspire your audiences. Only on the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.